Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. John Welcome back to the John Katz Matidis Cats at Night Show. Happy Good Friday to everybody. A happy Easter and also happy Passover, right? Soon, Judge Weinberg? Any minute. Any, any minute. Uh, how many hours? Is it sundown? Sundown, sundown, right? Sundown. Sundown, sunset. Sundown. Sundown, uh, sunset. On the line with us right now is a great friend to WABC Radio. It's Kathy Wild. She is the president and CEO of the Partnership for New York City. Welcome, Kathy Wild, back to Cats at Night. Thanks so much. Good to be with you all. Well, happy Easter, happy Passover, whatever you celebrate. Everything. We celebrate everything. I do, too. (laughs) And I even have, you know, Kathy Wilder, you know what I said? Why the Greeks celebrate the week after uh, uh, the um, uh, Catholic Easter? Right. uh, uh, Next week, we could buy all our Easter bunnies at half price. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. So that's what the schism was about, right? When they separated the two churches. Fighting over the Easter Yes. Ah, yes. Half price Easter. How is the economy coming? I uh, interviewed the governor before, and it's going to appear on Sunday morning on the Cats Roundtable. And I said, uh, we used to have 66 million tourists. Uh, We used, you know, we want to open up. New York City and eight and a half million New Yorkers demand to open up New York City, and you and we got to keep New York safe. And um, she acknowledges that, and that you know she'll talk about it more on on Sunday morning. Uh, where are we, and how far does this set us back? The the problem in the subway. How far does it set up the impression? I mean, if you lived in Peekskill, would you come into uh, to New York City and get to see a play? Well, actually, people were calling all over the world, calling into business leaders in New York after the shooting, the subway shooting this week, and just saying, we're so sorry for you, and what a mess. And so this is, our global image is, once again, just as when we were the epicenter of the COVID when it hit the United States, once again, our global in, image is, is really suffering. It hits close to home to me. I, uh, I live in southwest Brooklyn, and seeing what went on in terms of how everybody can identify how helpless you would feel if you've got a mad gunman in a subway car with you. It, it, it's just a it's an image that we can all identify with. So it really sets us back in terms of restoring confidence in that system, I'm afraid. And uh, I've been hearing that the Uber drivers are also because a lot of people are afraid to take the subways, that the Uber prices have gone up. What have you heard, Kathy Wilde? Um, I have heard that a lot of people are not willing to come back to the office to the Manhattan office because of number one fear of crime. It's not Uh the fear of the COVID anymore. We're dealing with a different set of issues. And that's obviously hurting 
small business in the Manhattan economy. You raised the question, John, about what's our economic situation. Well, actually, our economic situation is very good because the key drivers of our economy, financial services, uh, professional services, consulting services, media, they've all got the capacity now to operate remotely. And they have, we went through the, through the last two years, our economic output only declined 5.5% through the whole COVID and including the shutdown. So we have a very strong economy. Our tax rolls are higher than anybody expected because those sectors that operated remotely did better in the last two years than they've ever done before. We've got more venture capital investment in the technology sector in New York by three times than we had in 2019. So so the economy at one level is doing fine. On the other hand, the brick and mortar economy, small retail and restaurants, uh, restaurants are still down 30% in their employment. Uh, the uh, obviously challenges across the entertainment, physical fitness, et cetera, industries. But those industries only make up 9% of our economy. Those are the industries that depend on tourism, hotels, et cetera. It's only 9% for all those industries of our economy. And that's why we got through the COVID so well. But they represent 20% of the jobs. And these are entry-level jobs. They're not uh, professional jobs for the most part. They're working-class jobs. They're really important to the survival of our city. And we've still got almost 300,000 jobs that we're down in in those sectors. So there's the good news of our macro economy, and there's the bad news of the brick-and-mortar economy and what's happened to so many low-wage workers and small businesses. And, and Kathy, it's Richard Weinberg. The other problem is with the perception of, of a lack of safety and the quality of life going down, people are voting with their feet and they're leaving. So you're losing some of the most productive wage earners and job suppliers. And that's what I'm concerned about. It's not just replacing bodies. It's a question of who you're placing them with. Yes, we did a survey about three weeks ago of um, almost 10,000 office employees. And you're absolutely right, Richard, what they focused on as their number one concern, again, was public safety. But when asked about what are they thinking about in terms of leaving the city, 40% of Manhattan residents said they were seriously thinking about moving out. And that is, again, an issue of public safety and the overall quality of life, livability of the city. And Kathy Wild, at this point, I know several of my family members, they, they either have a hybrid work week or they're completely remote. Are the days of five-day in-person at the office work weeks over? I mean, do we have to reimagine what New York City is going to look like? Because I feel that we are never going to go back to that again. I think COVID was a game changer. The technology, people have realized they can be just as efficient at home. And I think those days are over for many, many companies and industries. Yes, this transition to the digital economy definitely means people can work from anywhere. 
And it's not scary that they'll work from home. What's really scary is they'll work from the other side of the world in a New York City job, and we won't get any of the benefits, taxes or otherwise, uh, or consumer spending, whatever. But I think New York is going to come back strong despite the hybrid work week. Right now, residential home prices and rents are higher in the city than they were in 2019. So we had a drop, yes, at the beginning of the COVID when a lot of people left and gave up their leases because they didn't know what was going to happen. But the residential market has roared back. So I think we're going to see changes. I think we'll see a less Manhattan-centric economy where much more is going to be happening in the communities where people live, whether it's in the five boroughs or it's in the suburbs, we'll see um, offices locating near where people live. We'll need to change our transportation system to accommodate new, new patterns of commuting. So a lot is going to happen, and what's important is that we're thinking about what we have to do to cope with the new reality, not trying to go back to 2019, because that's not going to happen. Governor? Uh, Kathy, I was wondering, back in 2020, I had I don't know if I'd have even heard of Zoom. Zoom had been out there, but nobody really used it. Then once people started using it, even when it became possible for them to meet in person, sometimes they preferred Zoom. So do you think that what might actually just be happening is a rearrangement of the work process, but not necessarily a, de- a, de- a declining of the work results. In other words, people just find a different way to get things done, but the economy will still be strong. I think that's certainly what has happened for the last two years. And, you know, that's basically what I was describing in terms of everybody was shocked that the economy did not collapse. We just went, there was a seamless transition in a matter of two or three weeks for the most part, it's amazing work. It, yes, it's truly amazing. But it accelerated. I mean, this trend was coming, the move to e-commerce, rather, you know, this, this trend was coming, tele, telehealth, but, sorry, dog. Hot dog. Um, <laughs> small dog, hot dog. Yes. <laughs> um, Cute. No, this move was coming, but the pandemic took what would have happened over 10, 15, 20 years, and it made it happen yes. in like two weeks. Yep. So so we're going to have to play catch-up ball and figure out everything we have to do to deal with changing our infrastructure and uh, and otherwise making uh, making the changes necessary for the city to continue to be successful as the global leader certainly the global economic leader, the cultural leader, the leader in the health sector, all those things it, are going to take new tactics. Kathy, it actually reminds me of the way the healthcare system converted from the one big hospital in different neighborhoods to community health centers that there could be many of them closer to where people live. And that happened, you know, started about 20 years ago. But I'm not sure Absolutely. that worked out for the best. You don't think it worked out for the best? No, you had all these local hospitals went broke, and we were going looking at the remnants of it uh, in the real estate business about a couple of years ago. 
Well, John, I'm telling you, I was uh, actually, my first job in New York was at Lutheran Medical Center in Brooklyn. And I, um, I then, 25 years later, was chairman of the board of Lutheran when NYU Langone took it over. And we have never had better health care in Southwest Brooklyn than right. since NYU we got, we, made we, that part of it. Kathy, system. we got to go. I understand the fire commissioner wants to say hello. And, and um, thank you for, Kathy. Have terrific. A great- Laura? Yes. Yes. Well, put put Laura, put put the fire commissioner on. Kathy, you could stay on if you want. Oh, you're not on yet? Oh, we, we have to take, take a break. break first. Yeah. Okay. You're welcome to stay on right. if you well, want, Kathy. All right. We'll take a break. Okay. And I'll, I'll sign off, but uh, Laura's great. So okay. I'm glad you're Let's having take her that on. break. Okay. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.